First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 through 14, if you take your uh, Bibles, if you have them. You've heard this verse a few times by Brother Thomas Sweat. Brother Thomas Sweat loves this verse. Um, you've memorized it, put it to memory. I have had the same experience to memorize it. I could say it anyway, backwards, forwards. All of a sudden, I get up here and can't say it. I've had it happen to me many, many times. It's a great experience of your frailty, how we're frail. Uh, but it says here, this is some deep. There's some deep things in, the, in this tremendously doctrinal, main doctrine verse to know. I want to talk about the things that are freely. The, 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 look in verse 12. There it says that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. That's really what I want to talk and walk this morning with you. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? That we, may, that we might know the things which are freely given to us of God. I think it's important. The Spirit of God comes to us, and we have received the Spirit of God if you've been born again. If you've been born from above, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 6, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. And so if you're so young in the Lord, you don't know what I'm talking about, this is going to be great news for you to, to learn this morning. If you're older in the Lord, been saved a while, read the Bible a few times, this is old news, but still good news. Uh, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. How? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Because, and if I may say, but or because a natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? There are foolishness to it. Neither, even if he wanted to, can he know them. Even if he wanted to, he can't know them because they're spiritually discerned. Until you are born from above, until you get by Jesus Christ, God doesn't open up anything else. Until you have dealt with your sin and your iniquity and your transgressions before a holy God, you don't get to go any further with God. God says you must, you must take care of your sin problem and your iniquities and your transgressions. Iniquities mean you do it your way other than God's way. And so if you haven't come to the cross of Jesus Christ and bowed your knee there as it were, being ashamed of yourself. Shame's good. Shame's good when it comes to salvation. The Bible says, Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. We should feel sorry for sinning against God because all of our sin ultimately is against God. David said, Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. He killed Uriah and had illicit sex with a married woman. Now, you'd think it. He hurt Bathsheba and her family and Uriah and his family, no doubt about it, but David didn't even mention them. Because the overshadowing issue was not so much that he'd hurt Uriah and his family and Bathsheba and his family, and by the way, even hurt his own family. The overshadowing issue was that he had sinned against the holy God. And one thing about David, he was sensitive to who God was. 
Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. The first thing you want to understand is you've sinned against the holy God that created you. You've offended him. But he loves you and wants to save you to the place he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Boy, that's good news, amen. Never gets tired of being sad. So the Spirit of God, once you're born from above, begins to teach you things, spiritual things that you cannot understand by the carnal mind. The carnal mind cannot comprehend spiritual things. Why do you understand spiritual things as a born-again believer? Is because the Spirit speaks to the Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks with God's Spirit, and they become His Spirit testifies even with your Spirit and begins to teach you, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I've read this passage many, many times. It's a doctrinal passage, an illumination, really, of what the power and the importance of the Spirit of God is in our lives. It tells some secrets. It tells some secrets and solves some mysteries. It tells the secret of where born-again believers receive our gifts. Where do we receive our gifts? From God. It tells the secret of spiritual knowledge versus human reasoning. It tells us the Holy Spirit versus the natural man. It solves a mystery of why the unbeliever has absolutely no clue what is going on in the spiritual realm. Only born-again folks can know that. It solves a mystery of why there are so many cults and so many false religions, so many different denominations and things, because, and that it says what creates all that is man's wisdom. It solves the mystery of why so many people reject the truth of God revealed by the Holy Spirit because they think it's foolish. They don't reject something they think is true. They don't reject something they think is right. They don't reject something that they think is reasonable. They reject it because their flesh looks at it like it's foolish. It's crazy. But the Spirit receives it. One part of this passage, as I want to mention, it just hit me, was there are many things that God wants us to have as a born-again Christian, more, more than just being saved. It says there that you might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I like it because you can know things from God. You don't have to guess. You can know. These things are written under you that believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God that you may know, K-N-O-W, you have eternal life. I don't go around biting my fingernails and wonder if I'm saved or not. I don't, I don't believe I'm saved arrogantly. I don't believe I'm saved because of, of, of my good works, for sure. I believe I'm saved because of the promise of God, and God cannot lie. He said, I'm saved if I trust Christ, and I, and I just believe His promise. So on that confidence that the God of all that is will not lie. And Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. I can, have, I can pillow my head at night with confidence that if I die in the night or let's say any other time, that God Almighty is going to come and get my spirit and take my soul and spirit with him. and going to come for me. By the way, I think at death, it wouldn't surprise me that you see Probably an angel. The Bible says angels collect the dead, no doubt. So you probably see a young man dressed in white that shows up and knows your name. 
And when he calls your name, you're gonna, it's going to be like you've never heard your name called before. It's going to be like your mother called your name. Now, many of you lost, how many here have lost their mothers? Many of you. Lord, I love to hear my mother's voice this morning. How about you, Brother Zook? Your mom been gone a long time, hadn't she? Wouldn't you love, would you recognize her voice? Oh, you would, wouldn't you? I don't care how long your mama's been gone. If your mama called your voice, you'd know what it was. My mom was, was had bad, bad uh, dementia, and she would go into the fog, as we call it. And once in a while, she would have an awakening where she came out of the fog, and she would say my name. And brother, that put chills down my spine, because when she said my name, when she was in the fog and said my name, it was different. It didn't relate. When she came out of the fog, which I didn't know she was out of the fog, but she would say, Billy. And it was just the tone and the way when she said it, I would say, Mom, is that you? She'd say, yes, Billy, it's me. I'd say, how you been? I've been with her every, every day. I mean, I've been with her for years in the fog, but we had three or four, three or four times that she came out of the fog. And when that young man shows up and he says, Nick, you're going to know it's him, man. And you're going with him, by the way. There's not a, it's not a choice. Come with me. Death for a Christian is not a horrible thing. It's a release. It's freedom. It's more than I could describe to you this morning. But what things... What things are freely given to us of God? That's the question I'm going to try to answer in some degree this morning. Please hang on because i got a bunch of them. Sometimes I try to do too much in a sermon and consequently lose it all. Sometimes I think you do too little and don't really satisfy the hunger. So today I'm going to overkill. So take it's like a buffet. Take what you can, leave what you don't, but don't complain about what you didn't get. The first, one of the first things, the biggest thing, and these kind of are in order in some degree, at least in my mind. What things are we freely given to us by God? Well, first of all, you have to say salvation. Without salvation, you don't have any of the rest of this. Because without salvation, you don't get the Spirit of God. I just said all that. So if you have the Spirit of God, that opens the door to all those things that God has prepared for you. Amen? Oh, boy. And 1 Peter 1.9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls... Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. When it says freely given to us of God, it's speaking of as a gift. The word given is a gift. If you earn it, it's wages. It's something you're owed. But the things that are given to us of the Holy Spirit are not owed us. They're given to us as a gift from God. I'm sorry my nose is running this morning. I do not have covid It's just being old. I see, I see old people with hankies all the time cleaning their nose. And when I was young, I asked them, why do you do that? And they say, well, for some reason, my nose wants to run. Where does it want to go? Down my lip. It's embarrassing. It's humbling. God loves to humble us. 
all these, all these frailties, infirmities, are, they're beautiful. They're, they're humbling. And, and, and God even has further humbling to do to me. And I'm looking forward to it. Amen. It says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. The gift of God. Freely, things freely given to us of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The plan of salvation is God's greatest gift freely given to us above all that he gives to us. I think in heaven we're going to pinch ourselves for millenniums if, if, there's such a, if there's such a keeping of time in heaven. It says the time shall be no more, so there may not be. Time has to do with measurement of death, so why would you have time? If there's no death, why would you even measure time? How old, who cares how old you are? right? Time is a measurement of death. It's a measurement of decline. <coughs> Ten-foot circle. And so, I mean, all kinds of things can go bad for you on this world. In this world, finances can go bad. You lose your job. Your health goes downhill. But if you're born from above, brother, you got things going for you. Don't you let the, the, the don't you let these temporary little things that go down bog you down if you're born again from above. You got everything, all the riches of, of glory in Christ Jesus are waiting for you. Bible says, for God shall supply all my need. It's, it's singular, need, need, all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4:19. So God has prepared for us things, and, and the Bible says. I have not seen nor ear heard neither has entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them to love him. So I have a pretty wild imagination, but I cannot imagine what God has prepared for me. He just warns me, head up. You can't imagine it. You can't put it. <coughs> 20-foot circle. <coughs> I can't talk. I have to stop and pray here in a minute. You know, when all else fails, pray. Millenniums in, the, in, in heaven, we're going to pinch ourselves and say, how in the world was I worthy to get here? You weren't worthy. You weren't worthy. God let you go because he loves you. And you believed that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. Let you go. Let you go. All your sins were forgiven. Washed white as snow. Cleansed under the blood of the Lamb. We sing about it in every kind of way. So the, the, one of the things, the big thing freely given to us of God is salvation. The second thing is the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the first sermon that Peter preaches. And he gives the invitation. Here's what he says. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, that ye may that ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. So you, upon salvation, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In essence, God Himself comes in and abides with you. Now, this gift is permanent. Now we're not bragging, we're just quoting the Bible. 
In John chapter 14, verse 16, if you want to look it up, I would put it in some memory bank. I will pray, Jesus said, I will pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter, that's the Holy Ghost, that he may abide with you forever. We Baptists believe in what we call security of salvation, or called oftentimes eternal security. We're not, we're not arrogant. We're, we're not going there thumbing. What we're saying is that God who made everything, when he says something, he keeps his word. You may not keep your word, but he keeps his word. And salvation is based, uh, initiated by him, uh, uh, accomplished by him, proclaimed by him, and received by you. So you just receive the gift. That's all you do. What part have I got in salvation? Simple childlike faith and receiving the gift? I get it. So I get salvation in my soul, cleansing of my sin, and I get the dwelling in of the Holy Spirit forever. Things are getting better and better, aren't they? These are the things... He says, he said, God has come to you and, and wants to show you the things that are freely given to us. He wants you to know about them. He wants you, didn't want you. Now, there's a reason why he wants you to know, and I'll get into this in a minute. He also wants you to have, because you have the Holy Spirit, he wants you to have a changed life. Galatians 5, and 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness, temperance, which is self-control. Against such there's no law. So when I receive the Holy Spirit, which is a free gift from God, he brings in with him love, joy, peace, on suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Woo, well, that makes me a whole nother creature. You know, almost like a new creature. New, and it gives me what? New life. New life in Christ, abundant and free. And it begins to start small. Yes, it does. It starts small and begins to work its way and, and begin to consume me. The gift of God begins to consume me. That's what spiritual growth is. The Bible says grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in, in the book of Peter. What is that growth? It's God consuming me. Because the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. He doesn't like to be number three, number two. He wants to be what he really is, is number one. And so his goal for you as his child is to make you, make him number one in you. Does that make sense to you? Somebody say amen. This is going to be a long sermon. The third thing I see is we're freely given to us is a new destination. Before I was born from above, my destination was a place called hell, a place called the lake of fire. Why? So that sin wouldn't infect the new heaven and the new earth. All sin and all those who follow the devil and his lies and wickedness and rejected Jesus must be relegated, encapsulated into a place called hell in the Bible, called the lake of fire in the Bible. Why? So that they won't infect the new heaven and the new earth that's coming, that they won't ruin the restoration of all things that's coming down the road. God's going to restore the Garden of Eden. It was lost once, but it's going to be regained. And with a whole new group of people, those born from above, through the Lord Jesus Christ, Him being the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hebrews 12, 23 says, To the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. Brother Nick, by the grace of God, you're written in heaven. Now, brother, you can be written in a lot of places. But being written in heaven is a good place to be written. Called the Lamb's Book of Life. In 1 Peter 
chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 said, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to the abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance, to something, an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. There's nothing you can purchase on this earth that doesn't get corrupted, doesn't get defiled, and doesn't fade away. You may have just built a new house, or you may be going to build a new house, but that new house someday will be an old house. Tom did that. You built your house brand new, everything's spiffy. Now that thing's getting, getting crusty, getting old. Foundation may be, there may be termites right now eating the, eating the pilings out from under you. If I may say, our bodies are doing the same thing, aren't they? They're letting us down. So what are those things freely given to us from God? Well, we have a new destination. It's called heaven. Heaven is a wonderful place, full of glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful, heaven is a beautiful, heaven is a wonderful place. When you see the song leader up here going like this, he wants them to go faster. He's not wanting you to go faster. He's wanting them to go faster. Of course, the trouble is they're not even looking at him. I just love to watch the whole process go on. They're looking at the music. He's looking at the music. He's up here doing this. Where are you at, brother? I love you. I like this. Now, when I'm preaching, you start doing that. That may make me mad. <laughs> Let's keep moving, preacher. Okay. What's the fourth thing that we are freely given to us by God? Well, we're not only given heaven, but we're given a new place to live in heaven. John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. Are you troubled this morning? I know if you watch the news, you're going to be troubled. This rioting, this, the ingratitude. What's going on in America? A, a ingratitude, that's what all this is about. You know, people all around the world want to live in America. They float across 90 miles of open ocean. Half of them don't even make it. Why? Because they want to live in this place called America. Why? So they can have a chance to succeed. Just a chance. To succeed. And we got a bunch of people in this country who have lived in this country, born in this country, who've had a chance to succeed. And they're, un they're just a bunch of ingrates. Do not appreciate what the rest of the world seems to get. That they were born and raised as an American citizen with all the rights and benefits of being an American citizen. If you watch the news, man, I get fired up about that. When gratitude has died on the altar of a man's heart, he's well nigh hopeless. But Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. So I say, okay, I'm not going to be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Ooh, I like that. If it were not so, I would have told you, and this is my favorite part of it, I go to prepare a mansion, I go to prepare a place, or you could word the word mansion, for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Where is Jesus? He's on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. We know that. And so, when the Joel Witnesses say when you die, you don't go to heaven, they're lying through their teeth. 
Where do you go? You go to be with Jesus, absent from the body, is present with the Lord. Where is Jesus? On the right hand of the Father. Where is that at? In heaven. Because wherever Jesus is, that's heaven. Wherever the Father's at, that's heaven. So when a born-again believer dies, he has to go to heaven because he goes to be with the Lord. Why in the world would you want to preach and make a doctrine that when you die, you stay on earth, you don't get to go to heaven? Not true. It's one of those things that's freely given to us of God. We're going to have new bodies. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, We know that our earthly house, that's the tabernacle, will, were dissolved. We have a building of God. In other words, we're going to lose this house. We're going to get another one. And a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. I long for a new body, amen? In fact, I've got one. I'm just not, not in it yet. The song says, I got a new body, praise the Lord. I've got a new life. I haven't had it yet, but I can tell you, this one's wearing out. This one's getting, this one's getting messed up. This one's getting where it's not going to hold me, not going to keep me, and it's going to let me down. But Jesus said, don't worry about that. The Holy Spirit of God is going to let you have a brand new body like unto his glorious body. Now I'm in 1 John. And when we see him, we'll be like him as he is. So that's going to be a good day. That's things newly given to us. The sixth thing is we're going to, we have a new status. We're a child of God. Romans 8, 16, for the spirit of self witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Galatians 3.26 says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So I'm not just, I, I, by God himself, he says I'm his child now. He, he, by the way, so there were sometimes my mom and dad probably didn't like admitting that I was their child. I didn't act like I was their child. I wasn't acting well, wasn't representing them well. There were probably some times they probably regretted the fact that, you know, I said, he your boy? Yeah, he's your boy. He's my boy. But God's going to recognize me. Yes, he's my child. In Jesus Christ, he's my child. Uh, boy, we like that, amen? The seventh thing is we're going to have a new name. What's some of the things revealed by the Holy Spirit? We're going to have a new name. A new name. A new name. New name. Written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Revelation 2.17 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone. That's a diamond, by the way. And in this stone, in the stone, a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. What is that? I love this. This is really tender. This is a this is a pet name. A tender pet name that God. You know what I mean by pet name? That is what your mother called you when you were doing well. Now, when I wasn't doing well, she'd say William J. That wasn't her pet name. I, th I think I heard uh, Chris do that to his boy. Will? What's his name? 
You know, I don't even know the name of his first kid or second kid. I think Owen is one of the children. I got that right? I haven't nicknamed him yet, but I'm working on something. A pet name, a sweet name, a, 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 an affection name. Do, do, Peaches, what do you call Tom? Don't, okay, don't say it. But, but normally, husband and wife have little pet names with each other. They, 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 don't, they don't usually use the formal given name. You know, you're going to have a new name. The Spirit of God tells us we're going to have a new name in heaven. That song where it says a new name written down in glory is not lying. That's right out of the book. We're going to be given a new name. And by the way, it says nobody knows it but God and you. Nobody's going to know what it is but God and you. That's, a, that's, a, that's how personal salvation is. The eighth thing I see, the, the, the things freely given to us by God, or of God, are, are gifts, spiritual gifts. Romans 1.11 says, For I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. I looked in the Bible, there's some 23 different gifts that God has for His church and the people of His church. Now, no one person has all 23 gifts. Everybody at least has one gift. Some people have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten gifts. I believe they can have different amounts of gifts, but with every gift you're given responsibility. You have the gift of, of speaking, you're given responsibility to that. You have the gift of understanding, you're given responsibility to that. You have a gift of, 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 uh, of being able to put things together, you have a responsibility of that. Every gift has this responsibility. But every gift works together as one body together. We all had all the different gifts among us, but all those gifts put together make the body. He compares it with our human body. The hand doesn't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. The foot does something different than the hand. But let me ask you this. Is the hand more important than the foot? No. You need a foot, you need a hand. The hand don't say to the eye, I have no need of you. Why? Is the hand? Is the eye more important than the hand? Not really. Ultimately, if you have no hands, your eyes, are, your eyes aren't a whole lot good to you either, or your ears, or anything. In other words, all these different gifts, like Brother Irvine has special gifts. Brother C.W. has special gifts. Brother Nick has special gifts. Brother Jackson has special gifts. Uh... Uh, Brother Cox back there has special gifts. Brother, Brother Neil has special gifts. Uh, these people, oh, Brother Merrick has special gifts. All these gifts work together. Don't, don't, don't lust on somebody else's gift. Don't just, oh, huh? boy, I wish I had their gift. Look, God has given you gifts. Find out what those gifts are. Use them for his glory. Don't try to be somebody else. Be the gifts that God has given you. There's so many more. There's a new power we're given by the grace of God. We're given a new mind, new values. We're given a new father. Jesus said, pray now, our father which art in heaven. He said, he told the Pharisees, he said in John 8, 4 to 4, he said, you're your father the devil. I don't know about you, that insult me. But it was true. When we get saved, we change fathers. No longer we follow the devil. Now we're father, our God in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ says, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We get a new purpose. Wow, revolutionary change of purpose. Revolutionary change of responsibility. We give new life totally in Christ. It's just a few things. So how important is it to know these things or to reckon these things? It's real important, real important. It's important that you get in the Bible and that you are taught the possessions you have in Christ Jesus. Now, these are just a sampling 
of some of the major possessions, gifts that God has given to us. He says that you may know the things that are freely given to you of God, that you may know them. So it means it's your responsibility to find out what they are. You say, brother, I don't know what gifts I have. You need to find out what they are. Some of that can be helped by other people around you. Like if you try to play the violin, we'll tell you, stop. Stop. Now, you know, it's possible that you have the gift to play the violin. But eventually somebody's going to say, uh, a plumber maybe, electrician perhaps, but a violin player never. You know what I'm saying? That's what they did to me when I took lessons. They said, brother, you can do all kinds of stuff, but please, you, ain't, you, ain't, you, have not, you have not received the gift of musical ability. I said, okay. So God has these things for us, and we need to know what they are. Why? Because when you know your position and the gifts that God has given you, it'll help you to live out the life that God wants for you. This is important. The book of Romans is, is, is constructed this way. First, first eight chapters tells you what you have as a possession. And chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 tells you how to live it out. The book of Ephesians, the first three chapters, tells you what you have as a possession. Uh, it doesn't ask you to do one thing. It doesn't ask you to be one. It just tells you who you are in Christ, the first three chapters. Chapter 4, 5, and 6 tells you this is how to live it out. So the knowledge of the gifts of God for you come before the service. You know what, you know what happens sometimes? People begin to serve without understanding who they are and what God's given them. You need to find out who, who, what God is and who he is and what he's done for you and the gifts freely given to you of him, and it'll motivate you to go through all kinds of hardships, all kinds of rejection, all kinds of failure. Brother, uh, not giving back to him. How long did you play violin before somebody actually wanted to listen to you? Four or five years? Four or five years. And he's probably being optimistic. Four or five years is a long time to sit there and do this before somebody's willing to listen to or really wants to listen. Now, mothers, you know, they, oh, honey, that sounds so good. Love skews the vision sometimes. But four or five years, how long, Miss was a Ludwig girl, how long did you take piano lessons before you could do something like what you did this morning? Ten years. Ten years. Did you get discouraged? Oh, yeah, not this morning, hopefully, but did you get discouraged? Did you get discouraged? You're so old, you don't even remember. Let me try to pick on somebody younger. Yes, you did. That was the answer. Okay. What this whole thing's about, the Spirit of God, when you get born again, comes in you and begins to tell you your possessions, the things freely given to you of God. Though, when you begin to learn those things freely given to you of God, it allows you to have the ability to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Because you know what you have, and it gives you confidence, and it gives you durability, if I may put it that way, about the resistance that you're going to receive when you begin to practice 
heavenly things in an earthly environment, right? Because this earth is not my friend. This, the, the, the people of earth generally are not understanding to what you believe. And, and the devil himself is against a lot of what you want to say and do. And so you have all this resistance. Uh, and I go door to door. All these years, with whatever rejection I have received, and whatever, however tired I've been, and I've walked down the street with pain every step with gout, and on and on. Why? Because I know what I possess. I know what I have. And it's worth it. Amen? I remember seeing, I told the story before, Brother Miller, I think his name was. Uh, oh, brother. But anyway, he had a bad hip. Who was that, Marilyn? Bill Joyce. Bless his memories in heaven now. His hip's good. But he, he had a bad hip, and he came door to door with us one time, and, and, I, and Bill was bone on bone, bone on bone in the hip. I've never had that. Don't want to have it. And so when Bill walked, he walked. How am I doing? Pretty good, right? I said, Bill, what's wrong? He goes, every step I take is just a shooting knife pain going into my hip. He says, I'm bone on bone in my hip. I said, Bill, what are you doing going door to door? Most people would be discouraged if they, if they have the sniffles. I said, what in the world are you doing here? He says, the Bible says, go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature, preacher. He says, I'm supposed to do this. It's a good thing. I said, Whoa. Bill knew what he had. And it helped him do go through the pain. What Bill didn't know what he was doing was he was encouraging me. And I started looking at myself saying, you sissy boy. You, you, you sissy boy. Now, I don't let much stop me. But brother, after meeting Bill Joyce, I let, nothing's going to stop me by the grace of God. And so you, 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 when I saw him, this, by the way, he got his hip replaced. And he was walking like this. He walked like that door to door. And I said, Bill, are you in pain anymore? He said, no, no pain. But he had the privilege of doing it in pain. So God gave him the release and relief of the hip replacement being successful so he could walk without pain. Amen. You, you must understand the gifts that are freely given to you of God as a believer to be able to endure the resistance that you're going to have in living out what God has for you to do. And that is why people fail. It's because they get over here too fast. And they don't study their Bible. They don't read. They don't go to church, possibly listen to messages. They don't hear sermons like this. And they don't get a grip on it. And so they just, you know... They just come over here and say, oh, boy, I want to serve. The first time somebody offends them, they quit door to door. The first time somebody shuts the door, they're done. The first time somebody in church doesn't say hi to them, shake their hand, possibly because they just heard their mother died. You know, when somebody doesn't shake your hand, don't judge them. Well, right now, under COVID, you're glad they don't. But let's just forget COVID. 
let's just say before that, when somebody doesn't shake your hand, somebody don't say hi, somebody don't smile, you don't know what trouble they're, they're bearing in their heart. You don't know if their kid just didn't tell them he was going to commit suicide. You don't know if their kid just didn't call them and tell them they were a homosexual. You don't know that their wife didn't tell them they were going to divorce them. Uh, that they, they don't, or the wife said, they don't, I don't love you anymore. You don't know what burdens they bear. Quit judging them. And when Nick goes by, don't say nothing to me. I figure, oh, he's married to no-no. I give him some room. I'm kidding now. But you know what I'm saying? I don't know the burdens Nick Carbon bears. I don't know the burdens Corey uh, Phillips bears. I don't know the burdens Brother Tom Gillespie bears. I have no idea what Tom Cronin bears. And so if, if sometimes they're a little grumpy, sometimes they're a little grouchy, sometimes they may not say hi to me, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. Oh, they don't like me, though there's plenty of reason not to. Oh, they don't care about me, though there may be plenty of reason not to. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're carrying something I don't know about. And maybe instead of me being concerned about them saying hi to me, maybe I should say hi to them. There's a new thought. Maybe I should go get them a $50 gift card at a restaurant they like to go to and just go ahead and give it to them with a little note saying, you've been an inspiration to me in my life. You've been a, you've been a help to me. You've been consistent and just the good things that I can think about. Put two things down. Amen? Know the things freely get given to you by God. Father, thank you for the few minutes together this morning. May the Holy Spirit come and interpret this more and better than I can. May Lord Jesus, um, spiritual speak to spiritual. Compare spiritual things with spiritual. If there's somebody in this room without the Lord Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, they really... This is foggy. This is strange. This doesn't make sense. And the Bible says it won't. Because the first thing you need to do is come to grips with your sin before God. And come to Calvary, where the Lord Jesus died for your sin, was buried, and rose again the third day, being sealed. Being sealed as the Christ, the Son of the living God. I hope you don't walk out of here without knowing for sure if you died. I, wouldn't, I shouldn't say if. When you die, your name is written in heaven. You've been accepted in the beloved. You're a child of the living God. Father, help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand if you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.